theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston press to ATO. Three, two, one. Aloha to our wonderful friends in Hawaii, to our wonderful friends all around the world, that is hello. We are here and we are ready to dig deep. Really excited about this. We're going to kind of see where this conversation takes us. But yes. I'm excited for the topic that we are talking about today. Right. Um, and we're basically, we're going to try to analyze what are the best skills that someone could actually have right now, currently, Right today. now, in today's world, what are those top skills? And so... I will be honest, I have one answer in mind, but I either want to A, build on it. I want to hear yours. You have one answer in your mind too. Yes. And I would like to either build on those answers and or come up with multiple skills while we're having this conversation. Oh, I like that. So, so that we're going like value-wise, right? Value, yeah. Like what, what do you think is extremely valuable today? Now, today is a hard one because the more I'm thinking about the skill that I that I'm going to bring as an answer. I don't know if it really matters too much if it's today or if it was, I don't know, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, mm-hmm. or even if we're going into the future. Well, into the future, I don't know. That's the truth. Yeah. But my whole lifetime, this might be a very, very valuable skill. Maybe it's, okay, maybe I can make an argument of why it's valuable. So I'll go first. You ready? Yeah. My... uh skill that I think is extremely valuable today is having to do with communication. And I don't want to say it's the art of storytelling, but I do think that it's the ability to bring someone in to having empathy through explaining something, having others understand and almost feel what you're talking about through communication Mm. and uh those are i don't want to say it's like communication skills and i don't uh only categorize it as the art of storytelling but when you're looking at the the world becoming more globalized and we're all getting connected with the internet i think it's so um valuable for someone to be able to say a story that the masses can understand Mm. and relate to and with that ability you can actually make a really significant impact. If you can tell someone a story that people are like, whoa, I can feel this, action will be taken. Does yeah, that make sense? Like where it really resonates with someone mm-hmm. and maybe they don't they don't have empathy, but it does generate sympathy and like a call to action for them yeah. immediately. Like, yeah, just I, I, when I meant empathy, it was more like feel. Like I feel yeah, what yeah. I, I understand those feelings that you're, you're explaining, and therefore, because I feel it, I'm taking action. Yeah. So I'm not sure if empathy was the correct term. No, I think empathy is the right word, actually. Now you explained it really well. Maybe it is, you know, like, a, how can a story or how can a conversation galvanize people to, like, feel like this is something that I really, really need to do something about? Yeah. Well, I think action is so necessary for impact. It, it, it's, it's the next step you know you must take action to make an impact but what must you do to take action well i think if you're trying to get a lot of a a big amount of action like a large amount of people to come behind you and support it it's gonna have to be done through communication Mm. and getting people to feel what you're talking about feel whether it's pain or whether it's excitement and energy it could be very positive but 
It's being able to communicate that. And so that could be a skill, whether you're just having a conversation with people, it could be a skill if you're doing a public speech, mm-hmm. it could be a skill if you're making a video for people to view online that's going to be posted on YouTube and everyone gets it. And now they're like, oh my God, this is the mission of my life too. I feel this. I want to go after it. You know? Yeah, that's really good. So it's not even just about communicating in terms of simply explaining things, like mm-hmm. being able to really help someone understand something. It's, yeah. Goes even a layer deeper than that, where getting them to feel it, really feel it, yeah. yeah. Instead of just it's, on a surface level, understand it, really right. feel like they have to be a part of it, or they want to be a part. Which of is it. hard because I, I unfortunately think some people clicked on this podcast because they're like, okay, so I want to learn these. What I, I want to know what John and Quinn's skill is because I'm going to go and work on that specific skill. Well, how do you work on becoming a better communicator, storyteller? You or, do it more. Yeah. Well, you talk to people more often you edit videos more often but you could do it on a podcast i mean there's a million ways so it's like which one should you do it's well pretty, i guess it depends on them right yeah it's pretty open yeah well said i think that you can you could be a writer and story you can yeah. be a audio engineer you can you could do audio book you know you could do mm-hmm. a podcast you could do it just with audio you could do it with video you could do it with online meetings you could do it with mm. a whole bunch of stuff yeah and so it's kind of open and i think that i like that to mm. allow people to kind of plug into wherever they feel that is is the place that they best express themselves through story. Mm-hmm. But then I think that what you're talking about, that skill is that, that storytelling communication skill, whatever medium you're using mm-hmm. that you effectively do that. And mm-hmm. people, f- and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a bunch of followers or anything mm-hmm. like no, that. No, it no. just means that whoever's listening to you or watching or whatever it is or reading, like it, there's something there and you, you actually get feedback pretty fast yeah. because you know, it's, they felt it. They felt a type of way when how, they encountered it. How necessary do you believe it is for someone to, when they're building on some form of communication, to have an, a call to action for those who are listening or viewing uh, the video or the reading the, the book? How necessary is it for the writer, the creator, to have that call to action in there versus just communicating it with the idea of getting you to feel it yeah well i think it depends what what is what is the call to action that's definitely the it that's in the control of the creator for sure but you don't always have to have a call to action call to action can be either really right there very direct Mm. Where okay, that's probably the the easiest way for people. Yeah. Like here, Call this is what you could be do. Direct. Yeah, but, but sometimes you think it could be indirect. Yeah, I do because sometimes if it's too direct and it's not interesting to me, then okay, you lost me there. But mm. I really liked it, you know. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it could be indirect. Like you could just actually enjoy the audiobook. Like wow, that was so well written. That was so well done. Like I, I'm my mind is blown, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to learn more about this. And that's your own call to action. Or it could just be like lessons to learn based on this story. Like, don't do this, this or that, you know, but it's not like Mm. a, hey, this is the actual blueprint advice. It's just here are lessons. Take the rock from these, you know, lessons that are in the story of like struggle and mistakes and all that stuff. So I don't know. I I think that the communication in terms of really being able to communicate well through story and Mm. making people feel it Mm -hmm. is a really great one to start off with and yeah i mean whether there's a call to action or not Mm -hmm. i think that it it's okay well some it does seem as though it is a call to action but it's whether it's a direct call to action or almost a um indirect or kind of like 
keep you know like letting them figure out their way of connecting with it but there needs to be some action that has to mm. occur in order for that impact to be made yeah and that's the only reason that i do view it as a very high valued skill because it does require the action to lead to the impact so mm. if there is no if, if there is no uh direct or indirect call to action and no one takes any action after it then to me the skill is not that valuable yeah that's true because mm. i mean the truth the truth is, is you can it's one thing to get people to just do something for free like yeah. follow subscribe do all of that yeah, stuff. yeah that doesn't help but it's another thing to actually convince them to purchase something or yeah. convince them to travel to this place or convince yeah. them to donate to this place or whatever you're trying to yeah. do i think that to convince them to take that extra step is really difficult yeah. it's more difficult than people give it credit for yeah. and that's why they instead of trying to figure that out they'd rather just pay yeah and ads or it, could, or it could be deep too it could be the call to action is to stand up for your rights or stand up for others yeah. rights or to um you know be that much more aware of your footprint when you're throwing your garbage away you know right. like it could be it could be done in so many ways yeah and so yeah whether it's direct or indirect i guess it doesn't matter but i do think that some form of action needs to um, occur in order for it to be a meaningful uh, contributing story yeah to add value yeah I, I oftentimes especially in the, in terms of storytelling I think that sometimes the conclusion is just as important as the hook like how do you mm. actually end it yeah. right and yeah, in terms I 100% of agree with what that. is the call it maybe it's a call to action but it's got to end in a way that it it does make someone not only feel mm. a certain type of way but definitely do something about it yeah. in their own way if it's yeah. not a direct if it's not like okay well i don't want to really want to be vegan like what else could i do you know mm. but if you're saying the only way that this will get fixed is if you go vegan mm. you're like whoa okay i obviously am, i don't really want to do that what what else you know and mm. so, so offering keeping it different, in the gray could be good yeah exactly so. so would you say the hook is more important than the call to action or they're equally important or call to action is more important than the hook mm. Well, that one's debatable. That is debatable. I heard a presentation a couple of days ago and they said the hook is 50% of it and the rest is the other 50%. Hmm. So that would argue that it's all about the hook. Yeah. I think that the call to action is pretty important, but it can't just be a wimpy one. It's well, got to have some, yeah. some value. It can't, call to action could be freaking lame, like follow to learn more. But a call to action of like, but even if it's an indirect one, like, you know, stand up for your rights without them even saying it but you kind of get it in your head and it changes your mind or your perspective on something that's got deep roots that's a call to action so yeah but did they spend time on doing that i guess like if you're thinking about it all the way through then you are inevitably creating a call to action without actually doing it like yeah. specifically with one sentence well i think that the call to action has to be about the person who's consuming the content i think that mm -hmm. the mistake that a lot of creators and writers and whatever uh, not writers maybe but mostly creators online hmm. make the mistake of is the call to action is smash that subscribe button smash that like button well, could and be writers, follow more depending depending on are they writing a book or are they writing like hype articles for sure but it's like <laughs> subscribe for more yeah. well that that benefits you how does that benefit me like how does that benefit society exactly that's and so, where i'm looking at value exactly and so i think that the call to action if at least in the way that we're talking about it i think and obviously people have different reasons for creating different things and so 
But I do think that the skill that you're talking about is actually pretty niche if you think about it in terms Mm -hmm. of how do you actually foster a group of individuals to do something once they've consumed your content Mm -hmm. in in terms of your story, Mm -hmm. storytelling. Maybe it's about a business. Maybe it's about a story about a human story. Maybe it's about a problem that we all need to come together to solve. And how do you actually galvanize that group of individuals to do something about it and to not just click on to the next video mm. and it's you know i think this is a really interesting um you know skill to have or i'm glad that you brought it up in in general because mm. it's i think that we're going to probably see in the next few years like how like the youtube model has has kind of has not really changed very much i mean obviously they have shorts mm. now and and people pay to play which is kind of the way that it is all over social media now these days but we'll probably hopefully i think in the next five to ten years we'll see you know, what are some other creative ways that people can actually get together and do something for good, make a, make a change in some way mm. that's not just about followers or getting money from YouTube ads and stuff like that. Like there are other Where ways. social that, clout doesn't matter as much. Yeah. Well, well, where it's really about the quality of people who are, who are concerned about it, who actually mm. are there and like okay, wanting to do, you know, and, so and how do you. smaller quantity, but the highest level quality. Yeah. Of individuals that are consuming the story that you're providing. Yeah, exactly. So it's like almost hyper-targeted. It is hyper-targeted. I also even think about, you know, our, our friend, uh, the guy, I call him our friend, the guy on YouTube in Thailand, retired working for you, yeah. and how he's like, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm the uh, chief entertainment officer, and all the money that I'm making, if you guys, you know, continue to share my stuff and I keep on getting subscribers or whatever, this money is going to go to a monthly pay it forward video. It's yeah. like, wow. Okay, it's very cool. effective. Obviously it, you consider him a friend. Yeah, I know. Right. And, but he, sh- he shows it and it's about transparency and he shows, you know, different, some of the problems that a lot of people are going through around the world. And it's interesting and it's good for us to know about those things yeah. in a non fear mongering kind of weird way where I think sometimes the news makes things. It's attention to be grabbing. A big, yeah, yeah. And it's, exactly. It's a bad hook maybe. Yeah. It, it, they, they have mastered the art of the hook. That's for sure. Based on mm. fear and like triggering our brain and, and thinking that it's important. But I think telling the story that people makes people stop, like this is, this is something I need to take the time to focus on right now. Yeah. That's really not easy. Mm-hmm. And so the hook, it all, the whole story, the whole thing is very important. Yeah. I think. It's well, a the hook, one. the hook is something that's kind of a part of communicating in this story. But actually, now that we've been discussing it, I would definitely not say that it's the most powerful part of this skill of communicating and, and getting people to feel it. I think that's just to like get their attention. Yeah. And attention is, is, is necessary to get to the point where you can get them to feel it. But I don't think you need to like grab their attention. I think there's other ways of being effect, just as effective doing so yeah definitely a lot of different ways what is yours so mine's very different um mine is uh the ability to develop things online for yourself Hmm. so i mean i originally was going to say coding i think that's a huge skill Hmm. that is so valuable now and i don't see it becoming any less valuable in the future darn it i'm not a coder I know. So here's the <laughs> other half of it is at least be as tech. If you're not a coder, at least educate yourself enough with what the, I mean, there are tools out there right now where you can build a website and not know a single line of code. Mm. And the, I, the fact that I get, I get asked this question so many times. Yes, it has to do with the consulting that I do. But like, if you just Google it, like Google how to build a website, you won't be 
bombarded with articles of here's how to code HTML, here's how to code JavaScript. If no, you want to do this, that's probably actually coming up on like page two or three yeah. versus on the first page. Exactly, and which is so funny because maybe what. 10 years ago? That was very different. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I remember in like middle school and in elementary school, like learning how to change the color of the background of a website and you had to manually do it. Like, no, today there are so many companies out there where you literally just have to buy it. You don't even have to buy a theme. You can get the Mm. free theme and you could just like plug and drop in all that stuff. And so at least educate yourself enough to the point where you feel like you can, you know, build your own portfolio online, do something for yourself, right? right? Where if you've got an idea, you don't need to hire someone. I, I just heard this from one of my colleagues is like a small business paid a hundred thousand dollars to get this tiny little website done on a platform where they could have just paid, you know, they, they could have just paid a hundred dollars a month to actually get it and then buy a free theme and then boom, done. Hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of a, that's really awful. And so I think that just at least understanding what technology is out there hmm. in terms of what do you want to build? What do you need? If you don't know how to code, at least be aware of those tools and resources yeah. before going out and just spending money and hiring someone because you're like, oh, this is not my thing. I don't do it. Anyone can do it. I swear right. to you. Like anyone can actually build a website today and you don't need to know code. But I would say that my skill though, the most valuable one is coding. Mm-hmm. I mean, coding in whatever language that you want mm-hmm. right now. But um, I really think that the ability to build mm-hmm. online mm-hmm. is not going away. Yeah, it's only so- going to get more valuable. So why do you think, and and you could almost use your last sentence as the answer, but I I want you to really help me understand why do you think it's the most valuable skill to have today? Why is coding the most valuable skill? Is it because there's not many people that can do it and therefore it's very valuable? Is it because everything's going to be digital? Is it because everything's moving digital? Is it because, uh, you're seeing such a demand for it? Like what, what is it that like makes it so valuable today? Yeah. Well, I think to me, it is the ability to build anything online that mm. you want. Like it's just the freedom. Like it's like if you came to America and you didn't know English, how limited you are going to be in doing anything here. Right. And so you, it's like coding is the internet of the, is the language of the internet right. and, and the language of computers. Right. So if you, if you understand at least one of those that is actually, I mean, not every language is going to be applicable to every project, right? So there's mm-hmm. like several different ones, JavaScript, C++, and then you've got whole you've got a bunch of them and they're all evolving as well. I think that it is a relatively rare skill. I'm glad to hear that a lot of people I think are, it's a very rare skill. It is a rare skill and it's it I think there are a lot of great initiatives, um, nonprofits and classes and whatnot um, at all different levels that are trying to get kids in on it sooner than later, which I think it's like a language. It is something, if you learn young, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be that difficult when you're older, but when you're older, it's not impossible, but it is, to me, it's just freedom. It, Mm. to me, it's the freedom to create, it's the freedom to build. And it's, I mean, not everyone who's a coder really wants to do that. Some people just do it because they know that, yeah, the jobs are there. Yeah. There are definitely a lot of jobs and they're making it a pretty decent amount of money as well. It's not like it's not in demand. Right. The supply is low and the demand is high. So it's a good place to be in. How necessary do you think it is, though, to learn how to code when we were discussing the, you know, you were in, was it middle school and high school and you were learning uh, JavaScript and you had to type in a code for a specific background color of a website. Now you can't even like you don't need to know those skills anymore. You can just go to Squarespace and 
build a template website. So if we're to take coding for what it, the idea of creating something, creating your own online profile, creating, I don't know, a new application, it will get to a point where if you want to create a new application, it's going to be drag and drop. What do you want to happen when this opens up? What do you want it to look like? What do you mm-hmm. want to have in the system going down? Do you want it to be game? You know, like you're not going to have to know the algorithm for the game in order for it to be addictive. You can right. almost like design it like, oh, just do it like this, but make it a snake. You know, like yeah. how, how essential is it to learn those skills of coding in or if we're moving towards a more inclusive uh, format of allowing anyone to code or, or create things without having to code? Yeah, I, I it's a great question. I think that with that specific, to, to me, it's much better to be able to understand how you build the thing that other people's build, other people build on. Okay. Like, so mm. if, if you were to build WordPress, that is a much powerful, much more powerful position to be in as opposed to all the people who are building their websites on WordPress who have no idea what the, how the heck this runs. Right. Okay. And so, um, to me, platforms come and go and we've seen that we, we started our, our store, our online store with life out of the box on Ticktail that doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> and, true. and there are like, I think it was a blogger.com. Like no one uses blogger.com either. That's where we started our first website. That wasn't the store. And so, mm-hmm. okay, these platforms come and go, but mm. understanding how they are built at the end of the day allows you to, I mean, you're not wanting to learn JavaScript to build a website necessarily, but it definitely opens up your ability to create a website that is way beyond what the plugins can do, Mm. right? Like it it just gives you, to me, it's like, it really is a language. It's like, Mm. if you go in to Thailand and you, or I don't know, like Thailand, yeah, sure, why not? And you don't speak Thai and you're trying to do business and no one speaks English, that's mm. going to be a little bit more difficult. So just understanding the language of the of, of how things are built that we use on a daily basis, yeah. that is a really, really important skill that I can't see being devalued. And yes, it is more difficult. And yes, you know, obviously we don't, we don't, we're not coders by any means. Yeah. And I'm it, not studying coding either. Do you think we should be? Well, you know, I think that there, there are a lot of other things i think just understanding code not to the level where you're building something completely from scratch but at least to be able to understand what's going on here to troubleshoot certain things to understand you know the ins and outs of how this plugin works this sounds kind of complicated i got to i got to get down in it you're sounding like a pro no i'm not a pro by any means i just think that i don't know with it like also you know, with finance and business, business, what is the language of business? Business is accounting. At the probably. Account, yeah. At the end, it's the numbers, right? There are different types of accounting. How does accounting work? How does this go in and out? What's a balance sheet? What are all these different reports? If you have no idea what any of that is and you are complete or, or even in, in the finance sector, if you're trying to invest, if you have no idea how to calculate the risk of this stock or this or the, the that language is so essential to actually I don't know, just having the right information and being able to see things and analyze them in a yeah. way that can actually be more advantageous to you than if someone has no idea right, yeah. how to do that. So I just think that coding is another language that gives you that leg up in the space of internet and being able, the internet and computers because mm-hmm. it can be offline too. Yeah. But I think that it really is a skill that is super valuable now and will continue to be 
just like other languages, like in business is finance so and accounting. Do you recommend people study it? Do you think I should study it? I think that if someone is, I don't know, looking for something to do and has nothing else to do, I don't think that everyone has to learn how to, how to code. Not every coder is an entrepreneur. Mm. Everyone's got their own, own place in this world, right? And if you're just, I want to have a valuable skill that will be high, that will be highly in demand over time that will allow me to get a good job and a good salary or will allow me to create what I want and just have fun and play or whatever. And there are a lot of programs that are bringing kids in at an early age where they're building their own games like Roblox and stuff like that. So, you know, to me, it's like if you're really looking for something to do and you're trying to hone in on a certain skill and you just want to dedicate all your time to learning this one skill, coding's pretty good at that. Would you say it's fun? I do. Th- I think so. Why? I just think that it's like a puzzle. Mm. Sometimes it's kind of just trying to tweak things and experiment with things. And it does require, it, it's a certain type of brain. But I also think that that, by me even saying it's a certain type of brain and it's not like everyone is going to like it, that automatically, you know, I think discourages other people from doing it. And I think that no matter what your brain is, you can learn a little bit. You don't have to learn everything about it. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to discourage anyone because I know that a lot of women have been discouraged from doing coding quizzes they're a woman and yeah. it's not like their world. Like, well, yeah, of course it is. Mm. And of course we need more inclusivity in terms of minorities and genders and every, all the things, because if we're coding AI, for example, mm-hmm. the evolution of that is going to be based on the people who are creating that code. Mm. So you need, you need a lot of other types of people and you don't want just the same types of people who are like analytical math coding brain. You want people who are also creative and know the language at least a little bit to be able to, mm come up with new ideas i don't hmm. know this is gonna be uh interesting you're like I, you know i do my duolingo to learn my spanish but i'm wondering if i should spend a little bit of time learning the language of code yeah well i think that you have to decide which one you want to learn and i think to have a reason why is an important thing too mm-hmm. like to just learn javascript just to learn it like html is like one of the oldest and like the first it's so basic yeah. why exactly do you want to learn html now well when i was in when i was in elementary school that was that was a pretty predominant language, and it is kind of like the basis of which a lot of other code has been built upon since. Um, so it's I, it's good that I kind of am comfortable with it. But I wouldn't say you gotta start with HTML. <laughs> I would mm. say you know like if there's a if there's something you want to understand about an application, about um, websites, about I don't know a program, anything like what why why do you want to learn JavaScript for example? Mm. Why do you want to learn C++ and to have like an application for what you're trying to do hmm. with it is helpful because it's not like you're just open to everything. You're mm-hmm. like, I just want to understand how this works specifically hmm. and then kind of take it from there. So find your why. Yeah. And if you don't have a why, then probably try to figure out something that would be fun to create. Right. Exactly. Maybe. Like, like for example, the, the coding language of, uh, the Ethereum blockchain is Solidity. And why did I, I'm not trying to become a Solidity coder by any means, but why did I spend a few hours the other week just reading and trying to understand it? Well, because Solidity is the language of smart contracts that mostly everything on the Ethereum blockchain is traded upon. Yeah. And so to understand how that's built, if we ever were to do a smart contract ourselves, that was the that was the why. It was just like, can I see the smart contract that this NFT is in right now Mm. and can i see what's going to happen if it gets sold on the secondary market where is that exactly Mm. or if i wanted to trade um you know this nft to this person what exactly would happen and to 
be able to understand eventually how to write that smart contract myself instead of hiring someone else, I think is just an empowering thing to know. But that wasn't the goal though. The goal was, or it, it more was driven by curiosity. That's it. That's what I'm yeah. saying. And so find your curiosity. Like, what are you curious about understanding the underbelly of the internet at the underbelly of the computer? Like there are, you know, lots of things that I don't know about the, how the car works you know, but you know a lot more than I do about mm. how the engine works. Like if something's wrong, like where to actually look, how to do this X, Y, and Z. And it just only further empowers the individual with the, like, if you know why you need to, to know this mm-hmm. or why you're curious about it, mm-hmm. then dabble in it. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? So I'd say those are pretty much our top skills. I did not expect you to go that route, honey. That's interesting. I really didn't. I, I, I don't know what I expected, but Coding is something that is very foreign to me. I'd say you're more familiar with it, but it's also not like I'm not your a coder, number one thing yeah. either. So I was kind of surprised that you went that. Yeah, well, I I kind of went the route of, well, maybe it's not a skill that I necessarily have, but if I were to give advice to someone and someone were to ask me, I would say, and they're young and they're like, just like, I, what do I do? I'm interested in this, this or that. Hmm. Well, dab, why not dabble into some coding? Because yeah, I appreciate it. You know, I, I'm, I want more people with different types of brains and different backgrounds and stuff like that. I think that's a super important thing that will affect all of us eventually if we don't like consciously ensure that the people who are building the things that we use on a daily basis are like are us. diverse. Yeah, they have. To, it has to be diverse or else. Yeah, it's not a very good, good thing in the future. That's so, a good yeah, so well, I hope that it's more positive than that. And I believe that it will be. <laughs> Um, But I really loved yours too, and I hope you all enjoyed this conversation. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow. We'll talk to you then. Bye.